Today's show is sponsored by The Restillery. The Restillery creates custom-made lamps out of your favorite used bourbon bottles. We're talking handcrafted artisan work with no two exactly alike. Check out their shop at therestillery.com. That's R-E-S-T-I-L-L-E-R-Y dot com. Today's show is also sponsored by Wilson Artworks. Bourbon fans, if you're looking for heirloom quality handcrafted copper cups coated in silver, Wilson Artworks has the perfect mint julep cup or jigger for you. Check them out at wilsonjulepcups.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bonded and Bourbon. This is Armand. I'm here with the lovely Samara. How are you today, babe? Hey, honey. I am. I'm okay, but we are in the final details getting ready for our two big events in Philly and D.C. this week. What are you up to? I'm getting ready as well. I'm going to miss the D.C. I mean, I'm going to miss the Philly event, but we'll be uh, in D.C. So what do we got going on in both uh, in both cities? Well, I just have to say first, like, yay, I get to see my bow. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while. <laughs> It's been way too long. So I'm glad to see my babe um, in D.C. and have a lovely East Coast rendezvous with you. Um, But the reason why we're going is because we're, you know, we're wrapping up our cocktail conversations um, series with Lymphitic. So we'll be in Philadelphia on Thursday at uh, Stratus Rooftop Lounge. And the topic on Thursday will be uh, entrepreneurship and side hustles, and that will be moderated with my dear friend, um, Cheryl Cappuccino Hayden. She's the midday radio host at Power 99. And joining her on her panel will be Dr. Fatima Williams and also Patrick Connolly. And they both are, you know, Fatima is um, a professor in New Jersey, and Patrick is a project manager. He's in the tech space, but they both have started their own um, companies on the side. And um, Fatima's company really um, deals with women's empowerment and, you know, encouraging women to start their own businesses. And again, and Patrick has his own business called Consulting of Color, where he really consults with new businesses coming up and helps them with their technical needs. So that's going to be a dynamic panel on Thursday in Philadelphia. And then you and I will be in D.C. on Sunday um, for the final one with Glymphitic. And the topic there is going to be dating in a digital world. And that's going to be hosted by um, another good friend of ours, Winter Harris. She's a relationship coach. And joining her is Lori J. Hall, who is Senior Vice President of TV One. She's a Senior Vice President of Marketing for TV One. She also has her own blog called um, 38 and Dating. And uh, to round out that panel, we're also adding Paul Bashay williams a mental health therapist and also a relationship advisor. So I cannot wait to hear their conversation about dating in this new digital world because, you know, technically we digitally date. Do you know that? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it really seems like there's a lot of work that goes into this. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what is actually going on behind the scenes? What's going on in your mind as you get ready to prepare to travel and go and do these events? Well, you know, for me, it's just details after details after details. So it's also the marketing and the recruiting. We've got to make sure that people are aware of this event and come to the event. So we are doing a lot of marketing on social media um, and reaching out to our personal networks and reaching out to our members in that area to get folks to come out to these events. Um, so that's the number one priority, right? It's like we've got this great content, but we really want the room full of people listening and enjoying this experience with Glenfiddich and us. Um, but then it's just the details. It's curating the cocktails. It's finalizing the menu. It's printing out the the tasting mats. It's washing those Glen Claren glasses um, because during this entire um, um, program and panel discussion, we're also tasting an entire portfolio of Glenfiddich. So, you know, all of the cocktails are made with Glenfiddich 12, but the, while we're having this conversation, we're also tasting Glenfiddich 14, uh, 15, Project 20 from their experimental series, and finally, their newest release, which is Fire and Cane. So it's just details on top of details, and we really want to make sure that um, everything is perfect for our members and for our guests that come to these events. So I'm just in final detail mode. Yeah, and I'm glad you you really shared all that because it's really important, I think, for the listeners to know and understand that we really take them very seriously. Yeah. We really want to provide a really exclusive, really personal experience whenever they come out, when they come out to one of our events. So I'm glad we got a chance to share a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes. But let's get to what we're here to do, which is this bourbon. So. We've got a really, really interesting bourbon to share with you guys today. We're going to do Orphan Barrel Rhetoric 24 year. Yeah. And so I think that that is the uh, most aged bourbon that we've reviewed so far. So Uh, yeah, um, we're going to take a quick break and get right back into it on the other side. So stay tuned. This is Bonded and Bourbon. Now for a bit of bourbon lore brought to you by the Stave and Faith Society, where you can study and deepen your enjoyment of America's native spirit while becoming an executive bourbon steward. While bourbon cannot have anything added to it aside from water and still retain the name bourbon, other whiskeys aren't so constrained. Scotch can have coloring added, and Canadian whiskey can have both color and flavor added. The most common additive is called caramel coloring because of its mouthwatering amber glow. And where is the world's largest maker of caramel coloring base? Louisville, Kentucky. So even when you're drinking something other than bourbon for some reason, you may well be sipping another product from the heart of bourbon country. And that's just one of the many pieces of bourbon history, trivia, and myth you'll learn on your way to becoming an executive bourbon steward with the Stave and Thief Society. Sign up for a class today at staveandthief.com. On behalf of the Stave and Thief Society, I am Samara of Bonded and Bourbon. Armand, tell listeners about the bar to go. 
They've been a longtime sponsor, but people still may not know what they're all about. The Bar to Go features handcrafted American-made traveling mini bars. These canvas or leather pouches will carry everything you need to make a cocktail or take along with your favorite 50 milliliter bottles of bourbon. These things make great gifts for men or women, and you can check out the complete lineup at thebartogo.com. And that is the number two in the web address. Be sure to use the coupon code ABVN to get 30% off your order. Welcome back to Bonded and Bourbon. We are here today. We're going to be tasting Orphan Barrel Rhetoric 24 year. And that year is very significant. So, Samara, won't you tell us a little bit about why? Well, you know, Rhetoric has, um, they're in the middle of our series. So um, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with Orphan Barrel, it's under the Diageo label. And the whole story or premise behind Orphan Barrel was that these are old barrels that were, you know, found or left behind in the Sitzelweller distillery. Um, And so these barrels have been tucked away. Um, So the Rhetoric series actually started This is the fifth year. So it started about five years ago when they had the 20 year release. And um, every year what they've done is they've taken the same lot of barrels that were found and they um, limit to release them. So a 20 year release went out and then they hold them on for another year and they release another portion of this lot of barrels that were left behind so like we've already had the 20 year the 21st 22nd and of course last year was the 23rd this spring the 24 year which we are tasting today was released so this is a 24 year same lot of barrels that have been um presented for us and then the interesting thing about this is that next year when they get to 25 year that will end out the series so um this is very special edition, very limited edition bottle releases they do every year. The buzz just continues to grow and grow because, you know, we've gotten those 20 years. We know what the 20, 21, 22, and 23 tastes like. And so now we get a chance to see what the 24 year tastes like versus the ones in the past. Um, and then next year, of course, we'll get to see how it, uh, it improves into the 25 year. Um, so, yeah. Just going to give a little bit about this this set of barrels. Um, it is ninety point eight proof, and it's eighty six percent corn, eight percent barley, and six percent rye. And um, yeah, I'm ready to dive into this tasting. I um, I've had Orphan Barrel twenty three and twenty two, um, and I actually had it when. Um, I met you in Tallahassee two years ago. I had Frederick. Nice. I had it then. So this is it's a special little bottle because um, now we get a chance to taste twenty four. But go ahead, you kick it off. All right. Well, let's start off with the appearance on it. Um, I thought it was a good appearance. I thought that it was a deep yellow, like a hay. Uh, kind of reminded me of a hayride, mm-hmm. uh, and that's and you'll notice that in my notes that was kind of a recurring theme. Um, with the entire experience, the entire tasting experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, It had good legs uh, on the glass and stayed up uh, high up on the glass, which is usually a good sign uh, in terms of it being kind of substantive. So uh, the bottle 
I thought it was a really, really aesthetically pleasing bottle in terms of the, the shape of it, the label. Uh, I thought was very, uh, very artistic, uh, very dramatic uh, with the hummingbird. Uh, and it was also very informative in terms of the process and what exactly it is that you're getting. Uh, the one thing I will say uh, that would be kind of a negative about the bottle is that this, the spout is so short that it, uh, it was difficult for me to make a clean pour mm-hmm. without getting uh, without spilling a little bit. And, you know, when I'm drinking good whiskey, I like to get it all in the glass. And it was just really hard to do that with the, with the way the bottle was designed. But other than that, I thought that the appearance was very good. What about you? Um, I thought the appearance was great. It's got this beautiful golden coast color, like golden copper, um, you know, very deep, um, very rich looking. I also agree, like it's got great legs on it, you know, in the Glenclaren, it's, it's, you know, sticking to the glass a little bit. So it does kind of show that it's going to be a little bit on the thicker side. Um, and I do, I love the bottling. I love the, the um, art deco-ish design. I think it's very classic. I love the um, embellished script and rhetoric. It's very identifiable. And again, if you've got the entire series lined up from 20 to 25, um, it's going to look spectacular in a collection. Um, so I loved it. I like the appearance. It's, it's um, great design, great concept behind uh, this series of bourbons. So. Well, what about the nose? What do you think about that? So on the nose, I was actually really blown away with the nose. Um, I immediately picked up pine and heavy oak, and it just felt like just all of this, all of this just flavor and just oak, just all that barrel came straight into my um, into my nose, um, and it's it's it was a very welcoming um, actual you know. It was it was welcoming and and I loved it. Um, I also picked up some maple, and I also picked up you know um, some notes of leather, and um, maybe some dried fruit in there, like very small hints of like uh, dried cherry or um, almost like a fruit cake. Uh, some of the warm baking spices you could smell all of that in just the nose, light cherry, um, that dried dried fruit type of a flavor. What about you? Okay. What did you pick up? Yeah, I, I thought on the nose it was actually pretty, it was aggressive, but not overpowering. Like it, gra- it definitely grabbed me and, 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 and invited me to continue the process of tasting. Um, I thought it, I got some crispness, like a red apple, uh, and combined it combined that with some sweetness. So it kind of brought me back to when I talked about how on the appearance, it kind of reminded me of a hayride on the nose. It was very much kind of like when we, you know, you go bobbing for apples and you have the caramel apples, the candy apples. It was very much rem- reminiscent of that uh, for me and really invited me to really go ahead and continue with the tasting process. And so I did continue with the tasting process <laughs> and on the, <laughs> on the palate, I got, you know, light spice, a little bit of spice. Uh, that red apple really came through uh, on the palate with the taste. And it really just, like I said, this really just reminds me of autumn, reminds me of the fall. You know, you think of, you have like a spicy apple cider, a warm cider. And uh, so it really was just really just reminiscent of headed into the fall, which we actually are. Mm-hmm. And what's actually going on? What are the things that you do in that? 
during that time. And so I really felt like that is something that uh, it really brought forward. So it just so happened uh, that we picked this to do this review at this time of year. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that, that it's, it's very fitting right. for this time of year. What about you and the taste? So for me, I actually didn't pick up any apple in this. Um, and I'm going to have to sip it again to, to see if I can search for it. But I picked up again more of that heavy oak. And um, I still got hints of leather and tobacco on it. Um, so it is very rustic. It is, um, I guess it is kind of, it, it feels very, um, I don't know, I'm rubbing my hands together, but it's, it just has a different um, consistency to me. Um, but that oak really shines through, um, maybe even a little fennel. I did pick up notes of, soft notes of the cherry and even citrus. But even with the citrus, like with the orange that I picked up in it, it was more of the orange rind than like a sweet orange uh, flavor that you could get in other, that you can notice in other whiskeys. Um, so yeah, like more on the bitter side, more on the rustic side, um, just very hearty, um, but definitely heavy, heavy oak on this one for me. Um <clears throat> Did that oak come through on the mouthfeel for you as well? Or did it feel heavy, heavy wood, or like wooden on, on well, the Well, and that's the thing. So it didn't come off super heavy like syrup. It actually came off more oily. Um, but I thought that the mouthfeel okay. was well-balanced. Um, you know, definitely you get a good consistency of, of flavor and feel. Um, but it was it was more on the oily side than I would say like heavy syrupy side. Um, but the flavor is just so robust. You know, it's just it's it's kind of like this big old flavor bomb, and it's it's just it really definitely sits with you on the on the mouthfeel and on the palate. What about for you? Um, I thought that it danced. It dances very well when you first when it first goes in your mouth. It dances in your on your tongue, and I found that to be very positive. That's something that I enjoy, um, and so I really enjoyed that. That kind of lets in that that's, goes along with the spice, but then it really settled down. Uh, and settled down nicely as it went further, uh, further back in the palate, and so I thought that it was a really good mouthfeel, medium-bodied, uh, certainly not uh, extremely viscous, but like you said a little oily. Uh, but uh, I thought it was uh, certainly a good, uh, a really good mouthfeel. On the finish, I got a little bite uh, as I swallowed, kind of jumped up and bit me a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, kind of just you know reminding me, just letting me know that hey, you know it was hey I was here, <laughs> and right. uh, then it, it, it then it sat with me and stayed for a while. So, uh, like I said, very good for for a fall drink and autumn drink. You want that? Yes, the weather's changing, right. things are cooling down. You want something that's going to stay with you for a little while, sit with you for a little while. And so I thought that it did that uh, on the uh, on the end with the with the finish. What about you? I agree. Like I got a really long finish with this one, and it is very warm. It's very warm. Um, it definitely sticks to you, but it doesn't have a bite. It's not overpowering, and it's not you know it's not killing you in the back of your palate. It's just that warmth and that good southern kentucky hug um i also feel like it there is a little bit of an aftertaste though for me and it leans more on the bitter side so the things that are standing with me and that you know besides the heat and the warmth from you know just the 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 bourbon itself um i still am still getting like that orange peel 
uh, flavor on the back end. This something is a little even off. on the finish. Even on the finish, I'm still like breathing oh, wow. out like like orange rinds um, <laughs> on it, and it almost kind of has like a lacquer finish to me. So, you know, the thing I, I think about it is that it does make me want to continue to drink more because I really want those heavy flavors in the front of the palate, but I'm not quite um, loving that aftertaste that I get with this bourbon. So, okay. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and come back. I'm going to add up our scores and come back and give you our scores and our rating for Orphan Barrel Rhetoric 24 year. Be right back in a second. This is Bonded and Bourbon. Hey, babe, there's a lot going on in the world of bourbon right now. Are we planning any trips? We sure are. I'm working on our trip to the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival. But wait, that's not until March 20th through the 23rd, 2019. Why would we be working on that one already? The New Orleans Bourbon Festival has gotten so popular. It's a year-round event. Barbara and Tracy are hard at work getting everything lined up and to prepare, they put an early bird ticket price out there right now where you can enjoy the cheapest ticket prices of the year. Plus, if you're considering a VIP experience, those tickets are going fast. I think people want to start working on their own plans to attend the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival. Where do they need to go and what do they need to do? Get your early bird discount tickets now for the 2019 New Orleans Bourbon Festival at NewOrleansBourbonFestival.com. We'll see you there. Welcome back, everybody. Bonded and Bourbon. We just finished tasting Orphan Barrel Rhetoric 24 year, and we are ready to get into our scores. So, Samara, won't you start us off with your score for appearance? Um, well, I started off with appearance. I gave it a nine. And, you know, I thought it was a beautiful bottle. I love the design on it. Um, but I also um, gave it a nine because it is a little hard to pour with the, with the way that the bottle is shaped. But I think it's a beautiful color and... It's great. What about for you? I gave it a nine as well. I I really really thought that you know from an appearance perspective, it was pretty perfect. I mean, I thought that the color was perfect. Like I said, really kind of started me down the memory lane of you know uh, of the autumns of childhood, right? And and I thought the bottle was very. Uh, very aesthetically pleasing. The label in particular, I think is magnificent. I could not give it a perfect 10 because I could not pour it without spilling a little bit on uh, on the counter. And so um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's me, maybe there's something mm-hmm. wrong with the way that I pour, but um, you know, I, I, you know, the, the design is such that with the spout being so short, it's almost impossible for it to be able for, for me to be able to get a, a completely clean pour. So I gave it a nine for the appearance um, for the nose. I gave it an eight. I thought it was, it was like I said, aggressive, but not overpowering, which I think that's what you want when you, when you first smell a bourbon, right? You want it to you really kind of grab your attention. Uh, but certainly you don't want to get a bunch of, you know, vapors and I didn't get any vapors. I got the crisp red apple, you know, scent uh, followed by some sweetness. So I think that was a, a solid eight on the nose. What about you for the nose? 
So for the nose, I actually gave it a 10. I thought that it was just an immediate, just a bouquet of pine and woods and oaking, like you said, like it's got this whole autumn scene, like you totally picked that up on the first scent. Um, And so that was really impressive for me. I also like the fact that I got such, you know, those those flavor notes like the leather immediately um, and just the, the, the dry fruit, that uh, fruit cake, light cherry. Um, I could I could pick that all up immediately. It was a great um, welcome into uh, what this bourbon is to present. So. Well, what did you think about for the taste then when she went when she tasted it? Yeah. So on the taste, I actually thought that um, I gave it an eight. So while it does have all that woods and fall and foliage and all these great flavors in it as well, I really thought that it was a little too overpowering for me. Um, And those are sometimes flavors I don't necessarily like in a bourbon. Like I don't have to have my bourbon actually taste like leather and tobacco. Um, So for me, while it was, you know, bold on the nose and it was inviting, it's not something that I would really you know, I really enjoyed that much in the bourbon itself. But, you know, it was still very flavorful. I still got that notes of cherry and I still got that orange and that citrus in there as well. Um, so I think eight is pretty solid for what I tasted. What about you yeah, on the mouthfeel? I gave it, oh, I, I, saying, I, taste. Yeah. I gave it an eight as well on the taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, I liked the light spice, spiciness that I got on on the front of the tongue and then the red apple really came through the rest of the red apple that i started to get on the nose really came through strongly on the palate for me uh and then like i said just really kind of reminded me almost like a warm spiced cider that you would drink around halloween time and so i really enjoyed the taste and i i gave it an eight for the mouthfeel I thought that uh, it was pretty good. I gave it an eight for that as well. I like how it danced on my mouth uh, when I first when I first uh, took it in, but then really settled down mm-hmm. and really allowed me to really just go through the process of tasting. And so I gave it a solid eight on the mouthfeel. What about you? You know, I gave it an eight too. Like this is, <laughs> I gave it an eight <laughs> because um, I, and I agree with all the points that you just made. Like I thought it was balanced um, and the mouthfeel is definitely there. It's, it's got that robust flavor. Um, so yeah, it's total, I ditto. That's all I have to say. It's just straight up eight. <laughs> but on the finish, I did, uh, I knocked it down um, and I actually gave it a six on the finish. And while I do really enjoy that warmth and that Kentucky hug on the back end, um, and the and it's really long, like you said, like it's 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 you know it's fall, it's starting to get cool, um, and so you do want a little bit of a bourbon that does warm you up. So and that is quite impressive, at, especially this is only ninety one proof. Um, but I also um, it was also that bitter taste that I just can't get out of my mouth. It is just, it's just something that's bitter, something that is almost like a, like a lacquer on it that just kind Mm -hmm. of really disappointed me in a way. So I gave it a six on the finish. What about you? I actually, I gave it an eight on the finish. Um, I, the thing that I didn't like about it was the bite. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I like the, I like the spiciness that I got uh when i first tape when i first took it in on the tip of my tongue but 
when the finish, the way it kind of jumped back up and bit me, I didn't necessarily like that. What I did like about it was that it did sit with me for quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, which I would want for something that I was going to be considering kind of an autumn sipper, mm-hmm. right? Something as the weather's changing and getting colder. So I did like that. Uh, I didn't get a ton of the flavor that continued through, uh, through all the way from the front of the palate to the back of the palate, all the way through in the finish. Uh, it kind of, like I said, with it, even with it in the mouthfeel, how it settled down. When I was, by the time I was swallowing, most of the flavors I had noted, uh, and none of them particularly stayed with me, but the warmth stayed yeah. with me. And so I, I enjoyed that. And so I gave it a solid eight on the finish. So what was your total? Uh, my total ended up being 41. What about you, babe? I ended up with a 41 as well. This is history. <laughs> Bonded in bourbon history. We have never scored a bourbon ex- with the exact same score. Yeah, we now, had granted. a twin score. <laughs> now, granted, it's not like we've been doing this for 20 years, but it's still a unique a unique thing for us with our palates being so different yeah. to come up with the same score. So really, it seems like where we had just a slight difference was you gave it what you gave it a, t- a 10 on the nose yeah and in a six on the finish yeah that kind of skewed mine i gave it an eight on the nose so i was two points behind you on the nose and then two points ahead of you on, on the finish, the finish. yeah so that's how we ended up with the same score but overall an 82 really yeah. solid score. score really uh really great score and this is a really great bourbon you guys and it's something that I, if you can find it i definitely would recommend that you try it uh and if you can find any of the older iterations then try that as well and then certainly when the 25 comes out you definitely want to get a hold of that and hopefully they'll send us a bottle <laughs> so we can uh, so we can review that as well but i think it's a real solid bourbon so yeah so babe so, babe, let you tell everybody where they can reach us and remind everybody what we're doing this week again. Um, well, we'll be in Philadelphia on Thursday for our cocktail conversation series. So Thursday at Stratus uh, Rooftop Lounge on Thursday evening. And then on Sunday, we'll be at the back room at Capo um, from four to seven in, in D.C., and that really wraps up our partnership with Glenfiddich. So um, this is going to be a busy week. It's going to be two amazing programs, a lot of talent, um, and getting a chance to meet a lot of our East Coast following um, and, and a chance to see my babe. I'm so excited. <laughs> that is, of course, the most that's, important part, right? That's, that's what makes me smile. Right? Yes. Yeah, so I'll see you on Friday and we will see the rest of you guys when you come out and support us Thursday in Philadelphia, Sunday okay. in D.C. And uh, next week we'll be back. We'll re- recap the weekend's events and we will do a special tasting for you guys of the Glenfiddich right. Fire and Cane. So that's something we're going to really look forward to that. And so that's going to be next week. In the meantime, uh, cheers to everybody. And this has been Bonded and Bourbon. Stop.
Armand, why would someone be interested in a still from Moonshine Still Pro? Well, there are those that want distilled water, and the stills from Moonshine Still Pro certainly can do that. Others like the idea of a still in their man cave or she shed. I mean, is it really complete without one? Finally, there are those that are trying to tap into the rebellious American spirit, like was exemplified during the Prohibition era, as people gathered to connect and share a drink. No matter what your personal need for a still is, Moonshine Still Pro has a still that suits it, and they have parts that you can't find at your local hardware store if you're trying to build your own. I think people want to know more. Where do they need to go? You can find Moonshine Still Pro at www.moonshinestillpro.com. They also have a secret insider site, www.knock3times.com, with the number three, where they often have discount codes and other secret insider content. Funded in Bourbon is part of the ABV Network. For more information or to advertise on the show, please log on to abvnetwork.com. Bonded in Bourbon is created by Bowen Zell Productions.